0: Welcome to part two of my conversation with Kristen Wells, a follower of Jesus, who is also a wife, a mom, a teacher, a baker, a writer, and an artist. If you missed part one, you'll need to stop here, go back and listen, or the rest of this won't make much sense. In part one, Kristen took us through her childhood and early adulthood, began with not being wanted from the beginning of her life a regular experience of physical and emotional abuse, and a preoccupation with being perfect and earning the love of the people in her life. And it ended with the awful, dark experience of being sexually assaulted in college. But Kristen's story doesn't end there. In part two, we find that God hasn't forgotten about Kristen, and that he still has an amazing plan for her. We also find out that while God's love and grace for Kristen are perfect, her life still isn't. We pick up Kristen's story the morning after she was assaulted.
1: So crazy enough, I, one of my roommate, my roommate, I had three roommates at the time, and one of them was a guy, and his name was Andy. And he had a girlfriend, and they were Christians. And mm-hmm. his girlfriend had come over that morning to go to church. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I,
0: sorry, this was the morning after, after the the morning
1: after the party. Okay. And at this point I was ready to say these suicide attempts need to be successful. Uh, this was the pinnacle of just, I look at me and I can't, I can't go on any longer. And, uh, I had come out of my room to get a glass of water and she was there and she took one look at me and And just cried
2: Hmm.
1: and hugged me and said, you know, uh, my, I went by Chris at the time. She like, Chris, you need to come to church with me today. Hmm. And and for me, I guess the, I don't even know why I said yes. (laughs) (laughs) I think I was just happy. Somebody was concerned. Hmm. Um, so I went to church with her. Okay. Okay. And, uh, I remember sitting in the very back with her holding my hand and he spoke on John mm-hmm. in the book of John. And he was talking about how the book of John is all about love. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I just remember sitting there thinking to myself, what a feeling it would be like to be loved, mm-hmm. like truly loved. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, I kind of, I started crying and, and so she, you know, she's like, let's go, let's, let's, this was kind of towards the end of the service and she could see I was getting emotional. So she took me to um, just a restaurant to get me some nourishment. And I told her what had happened the night before and I didn't remember anything. And Mm -hmm. she's like, you really need to call your parents. Mm. So we did, we called my parents and they immediately came down. They immediately came Mm. down to Chico. And, uh, I still remember opening the door and my dad standing there. And it was the one and only time I ever saw my dad cry.
2: Mm.
1: And he took the one look at me and started crying. Mm. And so my parents made the decision and this is where Hallie comes back into the situation. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, they weren't believers, but at the same time they were looking at me the previous two years, they knew who I was previously, as far as just this perfectionistic kind of like, I have to be doing these things and the smartest person in the room, kind of a thing. Um, and they knew how far I had fallen and they, and for them, it was more like, how can we get this picture back? Mm -hmm. How can we get this person back Mm -hmm. that, you know, we can be proud of. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, my mom was like, do you remember that girl, Hallie Mm. that you met? She goes to this school. That's a Christian school down in Southern California and your sisters down there, you know, Mm. maybe you look into going down there Yeah. and it was not something I wanted to do, uh, (laughs) very far from who I wanted to be. I visited the school and it was very nice, but I just, the fact that I was going to take all my earrings out and wear a skirt and do these things just really, it was not me, but at the same time, I was so desperate to get Mm. back who I was um, that I agreed. Mm. Mm. And so I moved down to the master's college as a junior. And um, I really do believe that during the first semester there at masters as I was kind of dealing with a lot of just internal turmoil of who I was, what I had done that guilt mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm.
1: of what I had done really started weighing in. Mm. And I met this professor, his name was CW Smith. They now have a dorm named after him there, yeah. but, uh, he, I took his, this class, his class in Romans mm-hmm. and he made us do a, <laughs> a commentary, our own personal commentary on the book of Romans.
0: On Romans.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> oh, choose one of the simple books.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and as somebody who's very new to this whole world, I had just moved into this world
2: yeah. and didn't
1: even know what it meant. In fact, my whole application wasn't even done by me. It was done by a the principal of a Christian school that my mom had known up at our old town who decided he would do it for me just mm. to get me out. And so I didn't even know what the Trinity was. And like <laughs> one of the questions on the application was what is the Trinity? And so he did the whole thing for me. I didn't even yeah. do it myself just to get me out of that situation. So me coming into that, I just, but I also think I saw, a way to look perfect at -hmm. the point Mm -hmm. where, uh, you know, I think a lot of people choose Christianity to some extent to, again, to attain something knowledge wise or wisdom wise. If you look at the Pharisees and things where you just kind of like start to follow in those patterns of, again, a works righteousness. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's really where I started to take things, but then CW kind of came along. Go ahead.
0: I was going to say that really fits, you know, a lot of what, what had been uh, going on in your life leading up to that point. It was just a Christianized version of it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And so for me, it really took hold to some extent, because I felt like, Oh, I can get this back. I can look this person again, I can, and now, you know, they, they talk about being dead to that person. And there was such hope in that, right. There was such hope in dying to my past and becoming new. And, um, this commentary on Romans was such a, it really struck me because it was my second semester at at masters when I took this class. And I just, I really took every, section of Romans. And I mean, you cannot get more. <laughs> I I actually suggest anybody with the idea of a past, you know, to read, Romans, I mean, and really read it. Romans 7, when he's talking about the I, 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 I. Mm-hmm. I do the things I don't want to do. And I don't do the things that I want to do a wretched man that I am. And I'm like, Oh my word, this man is speaking to me because (laughs) this is exactly how I feel. So it was a really wonderful, wonderful experience. Right. It was a semester long project to write this commentary. And after I had written it, I think um, CW had come to me and just said, okay, let's sit and chat. And talk about, cause I was really o- kind of open about my feelings about what I was reading.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I, and only in that, I, I, I really tend to only be open in my writing at that point. And he kind of took me under his wing and just said, let's talk about some of these things. And, and he really molded, um, in me, my belief of who God was, mm. um, who God is, And the redemption that could be found in faith and not works. Mm -hmm. And he just, to me, it just really gave me so much hope because I could put away, like truly put away everything, but look at it as this, my word, (laughs) had I gone to Stanford, had I not done it, I wouldn't have ever found him. Mm-hmm. And, and it was his way of leading me to, you don't, you are perfect in me mm-hmm. and you don't have to achieve perfection in order to, for me to love you. Cause mm-hmm. I already do. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was really a huge blessing for me to go through this with CW mm. and to really find out what that looked like. Yeah. yeah. Um, And that's how I, that's how I became a Christian. Um, I wouldn't say that's how my sanctification story ever stops because your sanctification continues on. And we've had tumultuous things since then with my husband and I, he, we met my first semester there at master's. So I was still (laughs) not doing well at the time. Yeah. Um, Yeah, So, you know, we've had a long, he was somebody that was raised in a Christian home and um But I think for my husband, his journey was very much about knowledge and wisdom based and not really connecting heart to head.
2: Yeah yeah.
1: And my journey connecting heart to head, I think was a lot sooner was pretty much earlier on um, in my walk with Christ, and so we we butted heads a lot mm-hmm. because again I really wanted to reject workspace righteousness mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and re- reject this idea of of having to be perfect when God sees me as perfect
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and to
1: make my obedience about glorifying Him and like I always said in my student to my students make it a thank you note. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, rather than a resume mm, mm. and, uh, it's changing that mindset of what your obedience is for.
0: Yeah. Right. right. Um, it's interesting that, uh, God put maybe the most significant person in your life is <laughs> kind of teasing out some of those dynamics and, and, you know, actually helping both of you to refine that. Uh, that perception Mm -hmm. and pursuit of, uh, the nature of your relationship with God, what's, what is it supposed to look like? Yeah.
1: Right. Absolutely. And that's been, you know, I think that will always be something that we're on the road to discover and who God is and his character and what that means as us as image bearers. And, um, but it was, it was an interesting, it was interesting going to masters just because I didn't fit that mold. And I think even then when people would be like, where you came from, where, and I mean, even my husband's friends kind of had bets about um, if I was a virgin and how many drugs I had done and all these things, because I was kind of like this enigma to some degree, because I'm coming to this Christian school as somebody who has a tattoo, had earrings, you know?
0: Right. right, Yeah. You're, you're, you're uh, kind of, kind of an anomaly.
1: Uh, (laughs) exactly exactly yeah Yeah. and I Uh, hide it well you know I can play the game really well and I think that's something that we always have to remember it's not a game and it's not something we play it's it's who we are
0: right 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 uh you know gosh your story has uh so much to it uh and um Like you, like you've done a really wonderful job kind of framing your journey and giving us themes and, and how, uh, how you, uh, kind of went in different directions looking for, uh, you know, satisfaction and a sense of identity and belonging, um, and, my sense is that we could talk about this for,
1: for a very long time, a lot longer. <laughs> yeah.
0: uh, you know, it's sort of a scratch the surface kind of a moment. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, the reason that that I that I noticed you was because of your baking and your art.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, and actually, as you were as you were sharing kind of these details, it kind of struck me that your baking and your art haven't even uh, come up yet. Uh, I know, <laughs> And so maybe, you know, I, I'm, I'm curious, where, where does that come into your story? You know, when did you realize that you had these passions that you loved this, that you were good at it, you know,
1: mm-hmm. you know, funny enough being, um, somebody that didn't really have parents that were around my sister and I had to cook for each other. And so baking became something that I did very young that i found <laughs> my sister and i would set up at this time you're talking 80s so yeah. huge camcorders yeah 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 um we would set them up in our kitchen and pretend to have little kitchen shows like little baking oh, shows okay. together okay. and yeah. it was just something that we we really found things to keep ourselves loved entertained and and you know excited and joyful and these were things that her and i would do all the time. Mm -hmm. And we would bake each other cookies and cakes. And she, she became the cook and I became the baker. And today to this day, she is amazing cook. And I am the baker, which is so funny, Yeah. but it really became something for me that was a sense of joy. Okay. And, uh, when I became anorexic, it became something where it was just a taboo for mm-hmm. me to do. Mm-hmm. Um, as I've come out of that, uh, the I was always, I took art in school. I love art. Uh, drawing is a space for me to be able to, it's the same thing with writing. I create worlds for myself to some degree that are beautiful, that I can, that just bring me joy. Mm -hmm. And I think really picture what God wants us to see rather than what we choose to see. Yeah. And so when my son, um, well, back, I'll back up a little bit. When I was working uh, in, I was working in HR after I got married. And my manager at the time, I had started baking even then. It, I was married. I'd love to. Again, baking is just something I've done for myself. But when I was dealing with anorexia, it was more like I baked for others. Okay. okay. <laughs> because I didn't want to eat it myself. You
0: still, you still have the joy of baking, but you just don't want to eat I'm it. Just
1: not going to eat it. Yeah, um,
0: yeah.
1: I started baking and bringing it into the office. Okay. And so she just was like, Kristen, this is, you should really be doing this. And so I started a little side catering business back when I was 22 hmm. called Creameries. Okay. And I did pies and I did catering for businesses. Okay. Um, and then where did you come up with kids. the name?
0: I, I, the K-R, The K-R, I assume, is from Kristen.
1: So Cree was my nickname.
0: Oh, um, okay. So
1: it's a funny nickname, K-R-E uh I was raised with that name it is the name I know Cree and then my middle name is Marie and uh but at the time you know that I came up with the name the reason it really resonated with me and the reason it resonates with me today is because um I I like analogies Mm -hmm. but uh creamery if you look at a creamery they take milk and if you look at these old time and it's just like I I love this picture right of this woman just churning and pounding this milk right Mm -hmm. until it becomes this solid cream it just comes into this cheese this cheese you know a creamery is where they create cheese Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and I just kind of resonated with that whole idea of churning Because I really felt like God took me as this form, as this state and he churned it and he kept churning it and he kept churning it. And to, at the, at the time that you're being churned, you're sitting there thinking to yourself, what is happening? This hurts. This is forming. This is what I don't understand what's going on. But when you get to the end product, you see this beautiful thing that God's molded you into being. And Mm -hmm. it just really felt, (laughs) it's just kind of a funny thing that my name was Cree and my little name, yeah. my middle name was Marie. And it just, to me, resonated this beautiful picture of being churned by God into, um, this person that he wanted me to be, you know, and, 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 end result of this image bearer of Christ. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of where that name came from. That really works. And it, yeah, thank you. And it was my way too of like being able to almost share my story mm. and my Christianity through baking in my name, you know, because people would ask me, like, Always. "What is this?" I'm
0: sure. Yeah, it <laughs> yeah. It, it, it invites a question,
1: right? Exactly. Yeah. Like, what is this? Yeah.
0: Um.
1: So yeah. So I started catering, and uh, I loved it. Um. And then I had my kids. I got pregnant, and I had my daughter, and. And then Crazy had my son, and uh, that really became my my pride and joy was baking for them and and kind of getting that done. And then when my son, I went and started teaching, and then my son got sick, and I ended up having to leave that and become his caregiver, kind of more full time. He has so many doctors' appointments and infusions, and but I really missed. You know, I started baking originally cookies. Because again, I kind of had a lot of time on my hands Mm
2: -hmm,
1: mm -hmm. and, uh, his doctors are amazing. Mm. And of course, what do I do? What do I do when I want to thank someone? I bake for them because that's just what I do. Yeah. Yeah. So I started watching like all these YouTube videos on cookies (laughs) (laughs) because I love art. I love to draw and, I was thinking, oh, I want to make something fun for them that is unique to them. Yeah. To say yeah. thank you to his doctors, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so I made these little scrubs and stethoscopes, oh, oh. and I started researching, like, how do you make icing? Can you make? Can you mold? And I started researching and finding this world. Yeah. Of sugar cookies.
0: Okay. Okay. Okay.
1: And the the artistic impressions that you can make. It's like molding my love of art with my love of baking. And nice. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. This is amazing. I'm going to do this. <laughs>
0: right. Thank the Lord for YouTube that you could realize this is a thing.
1: Oh gosh, this is yeah. a thing.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. And so I spent a lot of time on YouTube. Just. Okay. Lots. I think my kids would be really happy if they never ate another sugar cookie again. I've made <laughs> perfecting that recipe. Like. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Right, and, and they're always going to be the first guinea pigs.
1: Always try this, yeah. and they're like, "Mom, seriously, this is getting to be too much." Yeah. Well,
0: I'm sure it was exciting at first. I mean, our kids. Every time we, my my wife or I bake or something. You know, right out of the oven, it's it's great, but I, yeah. I can imagine when you're when you're hundreds, thousands, hundreds of thousands of cookies in,
1: uh-huh.
0: Not so exciting anymore.
1: <laughs> not so exciting anymore. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're a little over it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um so uh so your first cookies were mm-hmm. doctor cookies. They were. Okay. Yeah,
1: for my thank you gift for my son's doctors yeah. and nurses at the hospital.
0: Mm -hmm. And so from there, uh, I mean, you've taken it in all kinds of directions.
1: I have. Absolutely. And I think it was, I think their reaction to it was kind of like, I really love, they were like, wow, these are so, these are so fun, you know? And I think seeing the joy and then the ability to, as I kind of entered that world a little bit on Instagram and everything, there's a whole cookier world out there. Um, I really started to, then I, I got a little bit of crazy enough in the beginning of it, a little bit of backlash living in LA and being healthy, right. Um, this backlash, a little bit of, ugh, I don't know if you want to sell cookies. Cause it was something, you know, people were like, Oh, you should sell these. This is really, this will be really fun for you to do. Cause you love doing it and it marries yeah. these things. And, um, I think, you know, there was a bit of a backlash because of the fact that it was a cookie Mm. and, uh, you know, it really, I really thought about it and I was thinking, okay, this kind of deals with my anorexia a lot. And just the taboo that we put on on ourselves about perfection. And I started thinking, you know, what better way to not only help myself, but other people out of their eating disorders than showing them that, Food is something that God meant for us to enjoy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just like kind of everything in this life, we've kind of taken the blessings of God and we've marred them with sin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I have really my my life first had had become early on Ecclesiastes three, um, 11 through 15. And now it just talks about rejoicing in the good things, you know, there's nothing better to do in this life than to rejoice and do good and to eat and drink because these, and enjoy the things that God's giving you because these are God's blessings to you. You know, Mm -hmm. the fact that he gave us taste buds and the fact that he gave us senses and, and you can enjoy these cookies, um, that can be made to represent a memory Um, can be made to represent joyful moments Mm -hmm. in people's lives and it can be molded Mm -hmm. into something that really reflects beauty. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know, I can marry this with helping people to find joy in food and Mm -hmm. find joy in the beautiful things that God gives to us. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's really how I decided I'm going to do this. I'm going to, I'm going to start this business and I really want to bring joy into people's lives. And I really want to be there in those special moments and, and be able to tell people, yeah, it's okay to eat the cookie. <laughs> <It's
0: okay. laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Right. 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 <laughs> and it, and it enjoy it before you eat it. Like, you know, enjoy the the appearance of the cookie and then enjoy yes. it as you're chewing it and swallowing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Uh,
0: So, would you say that you've made hundreds of thousands of cookies, maybe? Yes. That's quite a few, but
1: uh, I mean, they're absolutely, especially when you throw in holiday time, like Christmas time. Yeah. I make probably 500 to 1,000 cookies a week during the holidays. And I think that we can get all of us cookiers out there get extremely overwhelmed during the holiday season.
0: I can imagine. I can imagine. Uh, So
1: learning boundaries and limits is extremely important when you're (laughs) taking cookies.
0: Right. Right. I don't know if you've ever seen that friends episode where Monica is making candy.
1: Oh yes. It's exactly like that.
0: Yeah. When you said that, that's, that's what, that's what popped into my head. Uh, Do you do all the cookies out of your home kitchen?
1: I do. I do. And I only have a a I only have one oven that can only fit one sheet of cookies at a time. (laughs) (laughs) And it's an old 20 year old oven. And so it doesn't even, you know, cook correctly. So when I'm doing, I just did um, 500 cookies for the police officers here in our community. And it took to do that many cookies in one week it's and you're baking one sheet at a time that can only fit maybe nine cookies at a time you can and then dry time and everything it usually it takes me a long time to get even one dozen done let alone 20 dozen done
0: yeah uh have you thought about upgrading your facilities
1: (laughs) (laughs) you know we thought about it we my husband and I have talked about it a lot um Mm -hmm. But one of the things that I've realized is that as I was doing so many cookies that I was losing my love for it. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And I think that it becomes, we can so easily fall into a trap of perfection again Mm -hmm. and to the pressure of being what people think it should look like. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And so in the cookier community, there's kind of a pressure a little bit of the next thing. And it, which is so funny to think about a cookie, but what's the next, next big trend. And Mm. are you doing pop-ups and are you doing these? And there's this, this pressure almost of making it be a certain thing or making it look a certain way. And I really felt myself slipping into that trap again of instead of it being what I had originally wanted it to be.
2: Yeah.
1: It started falling into this, idealistic kind of society driven of what perfection should be. And in, even in the midst of just it being cookies. And so, um, you know, we really decided for my own situation. I needed to take a step back a little bit and get off Instagram Mm -hmm. (laughs) because I really Mm -hmm. fell into the entrapment of comparison. Yeah, and I yeah. started comparing what I was doing to what everyone else was doing and, oh, I'm not good enough. And right, right. maybe I shouldn't do this anymore. Instead of really the original goal was to bring a mes- message of Christ, to bring a message of imperfect is wonderful. Yeah. Um, and that you don't have to be what everyone says that you have to be. You be who God created you to be. Yeah. And so I really needed to take a little bit of a break. We're revamping some things right now, but I am going to jump back in starting next month. My daughter moves to college next week, so I'm going to have more time
2: Yeah, and we're
1: kind of revamping it. And like, we're going to, we're, I really want to go back to what it was supposed to be about and take smaller amounts of orders that I can really put my whole joy in Mm -hmm. and do more blog pieces about just the love of the Lord and, and. Kind of bring. I started fearing posting those things because I was getting a lot of backlash about just make it about cookies. Don't put your religion on here. And mm-hmm. and I started I started kind of um, succumbing to that. Mm-hmm. But I don't believe that's what the Lord wanted me to do. I don't believe that's why I was I wanted to do this in the first place. Yeah. And it became about followers. And yeah. oh, I'm going to lose followers if I yeah. post this. Yeah. So I really needed to take a step back, reevaluate, re- start praying about strength, and um, and allowing the Lord to give me the the tools and the wisdom to jump back in the way it was meant to be, and not yeah. fall back into those habits.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I love that piece of uh, this puzzle for you, uh, you know, because last year in our podcast we talked about how there are so many good things in this world uh, that, yeah. get, that we enjoy, that we delight in, but that get ruined uh, because <laughs> of sin in general, but because we're sinful yeah. and we bring that sinful baggage into these things that we love. And uh, you know, we talked about all different types of things like education and sport mm-hmm. and music. One thing we didn't talk about was cookies. Uh, but, but I but I love that part of your story because it it it, it just shows that even something like cookies, uh, mm-hmm. some, a simple childlike thing that right. you know you hand a child a cookie, an Oreo cookie or a home baked cookie, and it's just such delight. Uh, you know, in in a cookie yeah. can become something that's such a source of uh, anxiety or. Uh, Absolutely. It you know, can get so ruined and throw our relationship with Christ, our relationship with others, our sense of self, just throw it completely off track.
1: Absolutely. And it's it's crazy to to think. I mean, you talk about it and you're like, really? Cookies did that to you? And you and you can see how when they talk about the slippery slope of sin and and when you're pre-programmed to mm-hmm that type A kind of, you know, perfectionist type of mentality, it's really easy to fall into that when society tells you something should be a certain way. Mm -hmm. And then you, you, you try to make it that. And, and instead of just saying, this is the beauty that God has created, I'm not going to let anyone define this for me. I'm going to define it the way that the Lord has defined it. And if I'm not as good as that person, that's okay. Cause I can still use this for God's glory. I can still do what I'm supposed to be doing. And God it's for me, like even with counseling, it, it's not when I would go into counseling students, it, it wasn't something where I was thinking, I have to do this. Like I have to change this person or else I failed the Lord. It was like, no, no he is using me specifically in this moment for what I have to give that he's going to use through me. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. that's on, that's, he's using that specifically for a purpose. Right. He didn't use this person. He chose my gifts because yeah. he knows that there's a specific reason for it. And, you know, it makes me think about my friend, Hallie, that I met. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It the pageant. It's not like she was just kind. Right, And it it was her kindness that then led me to, to find the Lord later on. And, you know, I look at Jesus and he was a carpenter. And Mm -hmm. I, I think about the beautiful things that he made Mm -hmm. that were a delight to his Mm -hmm. father, you know? And I just, I kind of think he didn't, they don't talk much about his carpentry, but I Mm -hmm. I have to believe that like, he didn't compare himself. He built using the hands that that he was given. And, and that's kind of where I want to take, I'm like, God gave me these hands. God gave me the ability that I have. How can I use it again as a thank you gift for him and not a resume for myself?
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. Um, <clears throat> you know, just as we finish up, maybe with a sort of a lighthearted question, yeah. Out know all the hundreds of thousands of cookies that you've made, <laughs> uh, and I'm sure the many different designs are, are there, are there cookies that are more memorable for you where you're like this one if i were to make a scrapbook of cookie designs that i've made over the years this one or these few are the ones that i love the most
1: oh yeah i mean we always have our favorites what are some what
0: what are what are maybe just two or three of those favorite designs that you've done over the years
1: um all florals I could live in florals forever um, there's something so beautiful about the florals okay. And then uh, funny enough Harry Potter has been <laughs>
0: <laughs> those are the cookies that my wife that my, my wife received that's the Harry Potter cookies are why this conversation is happening.
1: <laughs> I love Harry Potter cookies because I get to mold chocolate. And oh, use them as okay. brooms and I love the different colors and shading and it's very antique. Okay. Um, I love that. And then okay. uh, probably the last would be I just made these lobsters. Okay, and friends, they yeah. have this you're yeah. my lobster. They're yeah. lobsters.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. I, so I just made these lobsters and they were literally my most favorite thing I've ever made, these little lobsters. And
0: <laughs> I, I saw those, I saw those on the website. They were very cute. They were very, very, very <laughs> cute. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I know you have uh, dozens of other designs that you've done over the years. And, uh, you know, yeah. if you're listening, I encourage you to stop over at uh, the website. Uh, it'll be linked uh, in the description of the podcast. And you can check out Kristen's website uh, thank and you. see all of her cookies and, and even some of the details of her story. Yeah. Um, Kristen, I, I just want to say thank you. Uh, I, oh. th- the cookies are awesome and really uh, <laughs> something that are, are definitely delightful. My kids loved uh, seeing those cookie, the Harry Potter cookies and looking at the different designs that are online. But I think even more to me, just being able to dig into your story a little bit and hear mm-hmm. the, the way that the grace of God has taken hold of your life and yeah. uh, redeemed so many parts of it, uh, cookies Absolutely. and all. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, uh, has been a huge blessing to me and I hope it's a blessing to our students.
1: Absolutely, thank thank you.
0: Yeah, thank you for joining us.
1: Thanks, Jason.
0: It's time for three thoughts, three reflections on the conversation. The first one is, we cannot overstate the devastation that human sin unleashes on the world. Kristen's story is not for the faint of heart. Feelings of sorrow and anger and frustration at the injustices and suffering that are littered along her path are inescapable. Watching choices Kristen made and the harm she brought to her life are difficult to accept as well. But while the characters and events are different, in many ways, Kristen's life is like a mirror for ours. We suffer terribly from the effects of sin both our own and that of others. And is it, it is important for us to, like Kristen, acknowledge its reality and the guilt we bear. Too often we hide the sin and its effects in our lives. We curate our image so that our families and our lives appear holy. We hide it not only from those around us, but we hide it from ourselves. Sin is ugly, and if we are willing to stare at it, it will make my next thought a glorious one. And that is that God's love and grace can redeem the most hopeless of people. I love that Kristen's aha moment was a semester-long moment, writing a commentary on the book of Romans. Maybe it's because the Bible nerd in me resonates with an intense Bible study being transformative. But that experience for Kristen was when she realized that God knew her, He knew what she had experienced and what she had done. He knew the strivings of her soul, and he knew the redemption she needed. It is a testimony to the transforming power of God's word that through Paul's first century letter to the Roman Christians, a woman in the 20th century experienced the love and grace of God. So I encourage you, God's love and grace are not limited by your hopelessness. You can find true redemption in the saving works and words of Jesus Christ. And then third, our talents and our stories, if we use them well, can bring God much glory and us much purpose and satisfaction. Have you checked out Kristen's cookies yet? If not, pause right here and check them out. I can wait. Her cookies are beautiful works of art, and they taste great, too. Just ask my kids. She has gotten countless compliments for her baking and artistic talents, and they are well-deserved. She is better at making cookies than some of us will be at anything in our lives. But it's not her talent that shines brightest. It's her refusal to allow her talent to shine a light on her own glory. She treats her baking as a means by which to share God's grace with those around her. And she uses her platform to tell her story, which always ends with God as the hero. Yes, her sinful heart still wrestles with this. She gets caught up in the dark side of social media and feels the pressure to make her own name known and to keep God out of her art. But for the child of God, who has been ransomed by the blood of Jesus, we should find every opportunity in every corner of our lives, to remind ourselves and others that our identity and our hope are not in cookie making or in anything else, but our Savior, Lord, and King, Jesus Christ. I want to thank Kristen immensely for the time she gave to us and for sharing her story of God's redeeming love and grace that make her beautiful cookies glorious. And thank you for listening to this two-part conversation. I hope it was a blessing. See you in April.